Hello, pet lovers, and welcome back to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views, the place for pets and the people who love them, sponsored by webdvm.net. Type into your browser as web-dvm.net, the health and wellness online community for dogs and cats. I am your host, Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian. Welcome to the program. Tonight we will be talking about teeth. This is going to be a really good one because it's a very simple tool I have to offer you tonight that can save you perhaps hundreds of dollars in dentistry procedures as well as help with your kitty or doggy's breath. So stay tuned. I do have a very interesting email question to air with you this evening. A nice lady named Casey. Now Casey is a veterinary technician student. She provided quite a bit of background as to how she came about our show and how she uh, came or was led to submit a consultation on the podcast. She hails from Green Bay, Wisconsin. I would imagine she's a Packers fan. And I will cut through some of the background just to get to the main points here that I, I think are amazing discussion points and you know, part and partial to some of the things I've talked about in the past. And uh, let's just cut to the chase here. This is, uh, again, the main content that uh, deals with the questions that she uh, wants me to discuss. I came upon this question about a year ago. Again, this is Casey's writing now. Someone I know is currently in the veterinary technician program at the local tech- technical college. Now, I must give a bit of backstory in regards to the situation. She comes to me with homework because she does not do well on her own at school. She has failed multiple classes in the past, retaking sometimes an entire semester's worth of classes twice or even three times. Because of that, I typically take what she says with a grain of salt. One project I help her with was creating a hands-on client education handout on kidney disease. I was gathering various types of information for her and was breaking down the multiple prescription diets that are out there. She informed me that these diets exist only to, quote, prolong the animal's life for the owner's sake, end quote, and that they, quote, starve the cat slowly to death, end quote. I brought up that I thought cases of chronic kidney failure must have their protein intake rationed and only have specific types of protein in the diet. However, I'm not that far along in school, and admittedly, I'm only going by the research I've conducted on my own time. She said that her instructors, who are licensed veterinarians, told her that these diets do nothing to actually help the cat. They only prolong the agony that the cat is in so that the owner has more time with the cat! Exclamation point. Now, I recently heard you mention kidney failure on the More, Medi- More Veterinary Medical Information episode. You went over the fact that veterinarians do have strict protein intake, do have have to restrict protein intake, and that protein has to have a high biological value. You mentioned there was a website out there that is highly critical of these prescription diets, where this lady had also told people not to use Convenia. Curiosity got the best of me, and I took a look at catinfo.org, Lo and behold, I find that this veterinarian is also telling readers that the prescription diets will kill animals and do absolutely nothing to help the pet. I searched that site for relevant facts or studies, scientific evidence that would prove her point, but only found personal stories of her own cats to back up what she was saying. My questions are, 
are prescription diets helpful to the animal and safe to use? And do these diets have any vital nutrients that the, that the animals need to survive? To me, it makes sense to limit the amount of protein going into the cat with kidney failure, even though cats are true carnivores. It also makes sense to limit the amount of fat and calcium in the diet of a cat prone to cystitis. However, the person I know would simply say that these diets are, quote, robbing cats of critical nutrients and are slowly starving them. I'm sorry that this ended up being very long. I honestly was just trying to write a quick email and not ramble on, but it's so hard to keep things short. I do have many, many other questions for you, but we'll try to break things up into multiple emails scattered about so that they are not all the length of a novel. Thank you for your time and answer to this question. You don't have to answer this on air if you don't have time. I'm simply curious about your opinion on this matter. Thank you again for running such a wonderful podcast. I love listening to it, and it always gives me new information to learn. Veterinary medicine is my passion in life, and I'm always ready and willing to learn from veterinarians like you. Sincerely, Casey. Casey, forgive me. We don't. I know you listed your last name here. We don't do last names, but I do thank you for such a thorough post, and it is difficult to keep the subject uh you know, short and concise. And I do appreciate you bringing this to light because good Lord, we need to clarify this. So first off, catinfo.org, there's, you know, I don't like to engage in bashing or hating on anyone. And I certainly don't hate this person. And I don't want to get in this tit for tat with catinfo.org, but there is a lot of information there that you really folks, before you take it as gospel, really need to talk to your veterinarian about it. Email me. Let me discuss it on the air like we're doing with Casey's consultation here. And, you know, just don't take any one single person's opinion as gospel, first off. But secondly, uh, there's this, this, this particular veterinarian has a lot of very, very odd stances and, and, and perspectives and outlooks on things. So I discussed catinfo.org when I talked about convenia. I'm not going to relive, relive that, but this this veterinarian is suggesting that it's a very dangerous antibiotic, which just, you know, completely, completely is the antithesis of what we observe in practice. We find it is actually very, very, very safe. And what she's doing is creating this fear out there of a very effective antibiotic. What we love about it in cats is that we can give a one-time injection and voila, that's all you need to do. Cats can be notoriously difficult to orally medicate. So people love the magic shot. You give them one shot and it's over. So, uh, and there's really no reason to be afraid of it. Statistically, it's safer than a lot of the other antibiotics out there that have been around forever that apparently she's perfectly comfortable with. So here's another example of just misinformation and let's talk about kidney failure for one second. So, you know, I don't want to get too much into it because we do have another topic to cover, but kidney failure essentially is is a, a degenerative condition that is the number one killer of cats, number two killer in dogs. And essentially what happens is the body's outliving the kidneys. And that's the best way to break it down. The kidneys are degenerating. They're losing their functional tissue that's getting replaced with scar tissue. And by the time we are seeing changes in the blood work, that are telling us that there's kidney failure, which is an elevation in parameters that are also toxins that the kidneys normally eliminate, the patient has lost 75% of its functional kidney tissue. So the reason for the kidney diets is there are things that are bad for kidneys that are in failure and bad for the body. One of the common things we see with kidney failure patients is 
high blood pressure, and we see that both in canines and feline, and the hypertension could then in turn hasten the, the worsening of the kidney failure and lead to other problems in cats. They could throw clots, go into heart failure, and so we want to keep that in check. So sodium restriction is a big, a big aspect of these prescription kidney diets. Secondly, we need to restrict phosphorus. Phosphorus is hard on kidneys. We need to restrict certain levels of potassium because patients on or patients in kidney failure will tend to retain potassium. And we want the right amounts of potassium, but too much potassium can be very harmful uh, as it is a very important electrolyte that, that regulates many of the body systems, namely the heart. So that's an important consideration. And then lastly, the urea nitrogen, and that's why urine is called urine because one of its one of its chief solids that are present in the urine as a waste product is urea. That is the byproduct of protein metabolism, just everyday digestion of protein. So what we need to do for these cats and dogs that are in kidney failure is to restrict the total amount of protein they're taking in to thereby reduce the amount of urea that accumulates. And so there's less toxin in the body. Urea is an analog of ammonia, so it is not good for that to accumulate. It makes the patient sick, can lead to ulcers of mucous membranes, so in the mouth, ulcers of the stomach, the upper small intestine, can even cause colitis in the large bowel. So, you know, it's it's problematic for these patients to have too much protein, but we don't starve them of protein as is suggested uh, by this person that Casey is speaking with and from her information she gathered from catinfo.org. The the protein is restricted, but the protein that is present is what's known as high biological value. And Casey touched on that. She obviously listened to my episode pretty in-depthly. High biological value protein means that a high percentage of it is utilized by the body and very little needs to be excreted as waste in the form of urea. So high biological value protein is going to be more of your poultry variety protein. Egg protein is a great example of high biological value protein. Egg protein is over 90% bioavailable, whereas if you compare that to beef protein, you're looking at 78% bioavailability. So when we restrict the protein and we increase the bioavailability, it makes up for that restriction. So, you know, this notion that we're starving the cats is just absurd. It's absolutely absurd. So what happens realistically is that once we reduce the toxin load via these diets, the patient feels better. They start eating more. Also, kidney diets are fortified with all of the nutrients that are necessary to sustain life. Plus, they have an extra load of antioxidants to help with free radical accumulation that can result from kidney failure. So we're, we're actually loading them with extra antioxidants. They are fortified with fat. Fat accomplishes two things. It gives a very nice calorie source. As we know, fat carries more calories per unit volume. And secondly, fat makes the diets more tasty. So we know cats can be finicky to begin with. You throw kidney failure in the mix, they could be even more finicky. So we want to increase palatability. As we well know in human dietary 
science, <laughs> fat tastes better. It's more appealing to us. We all know that all too well. So the, quite the opposite happens when we put these patients on the kidney-sparing diet, whether canine or feline. They actually put back weight that they lost. They increase their muscle mass. They feel better. And this notion that we're prolonging their agony is just ridiculous. My mother's cat was diagnosed with kidney failure, pretty severe, and the complicating uh, uh, or an additional complicating disease called hyperthyroidism. Hyperthyroidism is overactive thyroid. The combination of that and kidney failure is not good. Well, controlling the thyroid with medication and putting him on a kidney-sparing diet called Hills KD, that cat not only put back the six pounds, you hear that? Six pounds that he lost. He lived almost an additional three years post-diagnosis with good quality, eating well. And again, I'm going to say this one more time, put back six pounds that he had lost up to the time of diagnosis. How do you put back six pounds if we're starving the patient? It just doesn't make any sense. So it completely flies in the face of, of, of science. Um, so Casey, my advice to you is tell that person to tune in to <laughs> this episode and really learn something about kidney failure and how kidney sparing diets work. Thank you for your contribution. I look forward to, to future questions. I haven't had an email question in a while. It's always exciting for me. So let's get into our topic. So what's the big mystery? Well, it's going to disappoint you probably because it's not, not, not the biggest secret out there. You may have heard of them. There is a dental chew called Greenies. <clears throat> they, are, they come in a little bone, a little green bone for dogs, and they come in the form of little chew treats for cats. Some people call them Greenie Bones, and I just want to tell you my experience with Greenie Bones in the last several years. Dental chews, I know, are of great benefit to dental health in dogs and cats. Uh, you know, cats, the biggest challenge is getting them to, to chew on something. They don't, they're not always willing to do that. Even some dogs won't chew everything you offer them, but they're of great benefit because the, the chews stimulate saliva production. There is some natural uh, antibacterial action of saliva because of enzymes present in the saliva. So salivation helps to reduce periodontal disease. Massaging of the gums when they're actually masticating on things that don't break down right away. Uh, they, there will tend to be a tartar cleaning effect. So there's all manner of chews out there and I've arrived at the conclusion that greenies are my favorite. And it's not only from personal experience but also clinical experience. So before I go on here, I just want to talk about toothbrushing of dogs and cats. You know, that a daily toothbrushing will always remain your best method to prevent periodontal disease in dogs and cats. And no matter what I say here, if, if you can manage to brush your pet's teeth on a daily basis, that still remains the very best thing you can do for your pet's teeth to create and maintain good dental health, good hygiene. However, <laughs> this is the big however, we have to face facts. Let's start with our kitties. Felines, I would say for the vast majority, including my own, brushing their teeth is a non-starter for the kitty. And potentially, one brushes their feline's teeth 
at the risk of their own personal safety. So let's be real here. You know, certainly, if you want to give it a shot, I encourage it. Go for it. But it's it's challenging. So, you know, more power to you if you can get that done. But I certainly understand if your kitty is uh, making Swiss cheese out of you. If you're trying to, as you're trying to brush your teeth, it makes you not want to necessarily do it. I understand. There are some dogs, many dogs, that just won't have it. And it becomes so combative uh, and, and such a miserable exercise for both dog owner and dog alike that a lot of folks just don't go there. And then there's my category where my wife and I have young children. And as soon as they came along, we quickly realized that little humans are a lot more high maintenance than furry pets. <laughs> Our furry pets took a little bit of a back seat, and we are we feel very fortunate to get our our young children's teeth brushed every night and every morning, let alone getting the teeth brushed of our dog and three cats. So there are multiple reasons why people may not be as compliant as we'd like them to be with regard to toothbrushing, and I'm one of them. So about four years ago, my dog was due for the second dental uh, in his life. He was about six years old, and again, already on his second dental, you know, just a routine cleaning. I like to stay ahead of the teeth. He's a Labrador retriever, not a breed necessarily known for really bad teeth, but if any breed is allowed to progress with the amount of tartar they carry, gingivitis, periodontal disease, tooth root resorption, all that can happen in any breed. You know, granted, albeit breeds that you don't think of primarily to be your really problematic dental health breeds like Yorkies are like probably the poster dog for bad teeth. At any rate, during the time, around this time, my uh, clinic was engaging in giving away as a gift a couple of dental chews, Dujor, whichever ones we just happen to be, you know, promoting at that particular time. We would give them away with anybody who got a dental cleaning for their pet, dog or cat, as part of their take-home package. They get a little toothbrush with our animal hospital's name on it, a dental rinse, and we would also give them a couple of greenie bones for dogs and a couple of little bag baggies of uh, feline greenie treats, chew treats. And so I figured, well, my dog's getting his teeth cleaned. I would like one of those packages to take home. And uh, so the technician obliged and sent me home with one. And that night, I, I gave Bernie, my Labrador, a greedy bone, and he absolutely just loved it. He sat there, and he flipped it around and threw it around and sniffed it and picked it up and really took his time with it, which is really surprising for a dog who normally inhales my hand as I'm giving him a treat. And as uh, I gave him the second one the second night, and he had the same reaction, so I thought, well, he really loves these things. It makes him so happy. You know, let why don't uh, why don't I just buy a few boxes of these things and give him one on a, on a nightly basis? And so ever since then, he's gotten a nightly greeny bone. It's a little thing that he expects after his meal. He'll eat his dinner and then he'll sit there wagging his tail, looking at me, just waiting for his greeny, and he just loves it. So, lo and behold, for his yearly physical, I would examine his teeth year in year out. Teeth and gums look wonderful. His breath, of course, it's never wonderful, but you know, not not fetid or foul or, you know, just doggy breath, basically. And here we are. 
He's turning 10 in February, so we're almost four years since his second dental at the age of almost six, and I still haven't needed to do a dental on him. Well, in light of this success, you know, again, going retrospectively, I just started telling my clients about it. Hey, listen, get this dental done because, you know, there's so much periodontal disease here that you really need a professional cleaning. You should probably do some antibiotics to clear away this gingivitis. We might need to do an extraction or two. But let's be proactive in here for, for your kitty cat. Let's do these, these greeny treats and let's, for your dog, let's do, let's do these greeny bones. And because, you know, I've had this phenomenal success for my dogs and cats. My, my cats got in on the action, by the way. I'll get to them in just a moment. So year in, year out, I, I, I kept seeing, you know, these, these dogs and cats that I made the suggestion for based on the success I had with my own pets and year in, year out, I, I just see that, you know, some dogs that were just, you know, getting periodontal disease within two to three months of their dental were, we were now able to successfully stretch out the ma- the maintenance dental to a couple of years. I mean, remarkable. And, um, you know, for many of the breeds that I started on greenies as puppies, you know, here we are all these years later, and many of them haven't needed their first dental, whereas, you know, probably a lot of them would have needed their first routine dental by now. So I've just had great clinical experience, great personal experience. I just wanted to share it with you. I promise you I'm not getting a, ch- a check from Greenies. I don't even know the company that makes them. Uh, it, it just, I just, it's a very important health tool. If you listen to me regularly, you will know how emphatically suggestive I am of the importance of dental health in dogs and cats and the ramifications of poor dental health. And if I can help you keep your dog and cat's teeth healthier and enable you to care for them in a less expensive manner because you're not needing to engage in so many professional cleanings, I would like to advise you on that. So, you know, give it a shot. I get, I give my dog an extra large, he's a 90 pound dog, so he gets an extra large greeny bone every day. I mean, that by itself can get a little pricey, but uh, that's the other important thing. Make sure you get size appropriate. So if you have a really big dog, like my dog, you want to get that extra large size. If you have like a 60-ish pound dog, you'll want to get the large. If you have like a 40, I don't know, like 25 to 40 pound dog, you'll want to go with um, the medium. And then there's the the small for your, your kind of, you know, little dog toy breed type and then for your really teeny meeny teeny weeny you know little teacup type uh size dogs and you you go with the minis the, the really little ones but make sure they're size appropriate you want them to be able to have to work on it for like a good five solid minutes because if they're just chomp chomp chop done it's not really doing them any good the whole point is to have them really go to work on it let their teeth sink down into the treat several times all the way down to the gum line in several locations in their mouth so, you know, if you, you could also do a little trial and error and see, uh, you know, use what I told you as a guideline, but if they're chomping it down and they're done with it in like less than a minute, then maybe try going with a bigger size. Let's talk about our kitties real quick. So the biggest limitation with cats, with anything that they have to ingest, <laughs> is palatability. What one cat may think is filet mignon, the next cat is going to think it's poison. So I have three. And two have really bought into the greenies. They love them. Of course, they they love most anything. 
the third won't even sniff at them. So, you know, it is what it is. That's cats. If we go by my household, that would be a 66%, 66.6% success rate of palatability. I don't know what the nationwide rate is, but, you know, if my household rate holds true, a 60 plus percent success rate in palatability among cats is actually a raving success when it comes to palatability and taste, whether we're talking treats or food. So, you know, that's, again, I don't know national statistics. I'm going by my own household, but it's worth a try. Invest in one little bag and see if they'll go for it um, because it it really helps the kitties too. I have uh, two that I haven't had to do a dentistry on and they're both uh, turning six years old shortly here. So most cats you see are needing their first dentistry somewhere between five or three and five years of age, some even before the age of, of three. Um, so, so, you know, give, give it a try with, with the cats. You just never know. I, I can't promise you they'll, they'll eat it. And if they don't, then at least you tried and try something different. Or uh, if that fails, maybe give it a whirl brushing their teeth. Just uh, don't get yourself hurt over it. So, you know, that's my, that's, that, that's the big secret. That's what I wanted you to turn, tune in to hear about. The greeny bones are enjoyable for the pets and they are very helpful and you really just can't argue with success. So go for it, give it a shot and let them enjoy. Thank you very much for tuning in this evening. I appreciate your listenership as always. Casey, thank you for your email question. Uh, by the way, folks, your questions don't always have to be email, uh, or I'm sorry, your emails don't always have to be questions. They could just be comments, contributions, things, anecdotes that you would like to contribute to the show. So even if you don't have a question, feel free to please uh, just comment on anything that I'm talking about. Have a great day, and I will talk to you soon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.